God is definitely not someone that is being preached about in most churches. We tend to think that there is only A and B with God because there's only A and B with us. God's a lover and he's a forgiver, but I think a big misconception is that that's all that God is. God is as just as he is loving. Our minds can't even comprehend how great he is, how big he is, how fast he is. And the Bible tells us that he loves us, he is love, but the Bible also tells us to fear God. He's not our BFF. God is someone that loves us so much that uh, he will remove things out of our life that we hold on to. You do not define God. I do not define God. God is self-defining. God is not a matter of opinion. All right, so this is our uh, very first actual Let God Die podcast. Um, this is Josh. And this is Calvin. And uh, we have joining with us uh, today a uh, friend that I met at a music festival a couple years back. And his name is... Zach Moss. <laughs> Hugh Zach Moss. All right, so uh, Zach is a spoken word poet and... Um, it's a guy that I met randomly interviewing people for Let God Die a couple years back and uh, had a lot of good talks, and um, he's joining us today. Uh, Zach, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of like what you do? Uh, well, I mean, I, um, yeah, I've, been, I've been writing and, and doing poetry um, since, since about my... I graduated in 2012, but I've been doing poetry since about my sophomore year of high school, um, so... I, yeah, I've been I've been traveling and well, not so much anymore. But I used to travel a lot. Uh, I've traveled a lot of the east, the eastern side of the United States, and just got to to share poetry and even perform in worship bands. And um, it's been awesome. And I've just been been taking time off of traveling. I'm not really sure. Um, I've just had some some things tie me down at home, and not that that's a bad thing, but I just have been uh, just trying to get reconnected in my hometown and. You know, just kind of figure out what's what's next. So, right on, cool. So, um, what got you into writing poetry in the first place? Um, well, uh, I want Okay, so I can't remember which came first, if it was my sister or a friend of mine. But somebody, my sister, I think it was my sister, um, said, "Hey, you, like, just the way you are reminds me of this guy that I heard do this poem." called Manly Man, and I want you to listen to it, and it was Bradley Hathaway, okay. and so so she showed me Manly Man by Bradley Hathaway. I think that's the first time I had ever even heard poetry. It was either my sister or my friend Taylor Dykus. It was just in into Bradley Hathaway, and I think she showed me Bradley as well. Um, so one of, the, one of those two really got, got me started and, and introduced me to Bradley Hathaway, and I like went on a binge uh, of Bradley Hathaway, and my sister ended up buying me the the book all uh <clears throat> all the hits so far um and it had like that which that is a CD. great book by the way dude i love that book i was gonna bring it with me i forgot i forgot about it but it's, it's i have uh, it here if you want to read it so yeah <laughs> for sure i i carried that book with me everywhere every tour that i went on i i always had it with me and he was literally like i was doing poetry for for probably two years before i ever even heard another poet other than him yeah. myself like and um it's just funny to to go back and and read and and do some of those early ones sometimes because then I think it's like 
Dude, I was just straight ripping Bradley Hadley. Yeah. <laughs> that started somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's where I where I really got got started and and what got me what got me on the poetry. So, all right. So I'm kind of glad to be talking to a different poet. Like, uh, and I get to ask you some questions that I hate being asked. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, but yeah, so what style of poetry do you do? Oh and, um, my goodness! What what do you write about? Uh, I, I mean, have you actually been asked that question? What style? Oh gosh, yeah. And I mean, it's usually how by do you people. answer that? Wait, I'm interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how this works. Because um, I, I would, I've never been asked that before, yeah. so I don't even know. I mean, gosh, maybe I just talked to the wrong people. Oh no, um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So it, it's like people that either have never heard of spoken word okay. or just like don't understand yeah. the concept, yeah, which is, yes. I feel like most people, or they are familiar with spoken word, but maybe want me to identify like, I write like this guy, you know? Yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know I, I hate doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but. so yeah, I know you've, you've referenced the Hathaway and yeah. I've heard your stuff and I know you're not a Hathaway ripoff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess, is there like a theme that you typically write about or like, an audience that you in particular feel yeah yeah i mean i mean it's it's weird because like so in my early days of writing like 90 percent of the poems that i have in my arsenal were written within like the first like year of me starting to write Mm -hmm. and i haven't really added very many poems since then um since my sophomore and junior year of high school i really added very many more poems to my arsenal a few here and there um so a lot of them are written to honestly to my peers at my high school even though I mean none of them have ever heard them but I was writing to them and and, and about them um and just wanting to see change for them and, and wanting to see change for myself so it's a lot of it's a lot of um you know at least the early stuff is is more of like just wanting to see revival come over a generation a young generation so mm-hmm. a lot of just just wanting writing about just just wanting to see my friends my unsaved friends you know just just calling out to the lord and and just just coming to know him so that's that's a lot that's what a lot of my my early stuff is about um which i don't i don't really do a whole lot a whole lot of that early stuff because some of it like i said is a bradley rip so <laughs> i mean i i try and i try and do a lot of the the newer stuff which is still around the same vein but it's not so much like geared towards like specifically like youth and in high school it's more about just the church in general just wanting to see revival and it's okay. more it's more to it's my poems are are usually more to the church not so much evangelistic type thing yeah so okay yeah we'll get we'll get more into like i guess your background as a as a human and things yeah um yeah. but um yes yeah, so with the whole concept of like let god die and letting you know, misperceptions of who God is kind of mm-hmm. be cast to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how would you say like that type of mindset relates to your poetry? Cause I mean, if you're talking about, you know, revival and whatnot, um, yeah. like, I don't know if that's kind of an odd question, but like, it's not so much like, like wanting to, to look at misconceptions so much as it is more of like a, um, just wanting, wanting people to, to realize when they're being stagnant and I, and I, I'm, I'm stagnant a lot in my faith. And, and if I'm honest, I'm, I'm probably in a stagnant area now in my faith, but just like, just like wanting people to be able to, to recognize that and, and to be able to take the steps to, to fix that and, and to just get, 
you know, just rekindle a fire. So I guess, I guess that's, and and I say that usually when I'm when I'm speaking, and some of my some of my poems can go to go to dark places, and and I just I usually say you know I don't I don't write to to make you feel sad or make you feel upset, but I I want to write to give you the fuel fuel you need to to like rekindle I guess you know a passion. I like I just pray so much that that the whole that when you know when I'm doing my thing that the Holy Spirit will just speak to you and just say, do you remember? the passion that you once had, or, or maybe you've never had a passion and, and you need to, you know, whatever, whatever that is. And so that's usually, that's usually like my prayer when I, when I do my pieces, just like, God, somebody here tonight was burning and, and, and the flame is, is dimming or, or has went out. And I just pray that, that you can, you can speak to them through something I say and, and just remind them of that flame that, that they once had. So, and he does that for me every time I speak. So I'm I'm stoked to to be able to come up here and hang out with you guys and and do some poetry. So sweet, nice. So like I, I have I guess a lot of thoughts when it comes to yeah like having that passion again and that type of thing. Um, I'd say for me I'm not a very expressive person mm-hmm. generally speaking. So um and I grew up around a lot of like very passionate people mm-hmm. and I was I realized at a young age just that like that's not me and it's not quite lived out that way it doesn't look yeah. that same way yeah um so I felt like a lot of my effort was uh put put for for um towards like trying to feel the way that I did before um and then there was a point in time when it really clicked for me that like yeah I want to have passion but like it's gonna it's gonna look a little bit different, and I don't yeah. say that in a compromising way, no, but yeah. more so like, yeah, I can't I can't recreate the mm. moment that mm. you know like God spoke to me most. Um, C.S. Lewis he talks quite a bit about that type of concept indirectly and directly. A lot of our time is spent trying to recreate that mm. instead of recognizing that like God's doing a new work and He's still active. You know, yeah. Um, so like I guess with all of that kind of in mind like what do you think is like the solution to re having like a reignited passion or like how is that yeah for you uh i mean usually usually honestly like like this i don't know if this will this will seem weird or seem <laughs> trivial or like that's it but honestly like the way that that god usually will like speak to me again is when i like immerse myself in, in worship music. And I just totally, yeah. cause, cause I, I like, I'll go through these phases where I'll like super like dive into worship and the worship will be like the only thing I listen to. And then it's like, I just like, I need something else cause I'm a very musical person. And so when I hear like the same melodies a lot, you know, it's like, it almost can, it, it's all, it can almost get dull to me. So then I like, then I kind of go away from it. And I, I always find like whenever I like start drifting away from, uh, from the worship, you know, that I just, I just can, that's usually when I can just feel myself like starting to, I guess, almost pull back. And, um, and sometimes I just got to remind myself, you know, that, that, you know, that's, that's what we were here for. You know, we were here to, to ultimately for him, you know, to, mm-hmm. to be, to be his mate. Um, so, and, and I just got to remind myself of that and just get back into that, that worshiper state, you know, and, and it's super hard to do. And, and I'm sitting here talking about it, and I'm and I'm honestly just feeling convicted right now about that. Um, like I said earlier, I mean I'm probably I'm probably in a dry state in my faith right now, and and um, 
it's probably just time for me to to just be a worshiper again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like in the Bible it says that you know the spirit of God inhabits like the worship of His people. Mm. You know, and that's that for me. I know for sure is like something that helps me like kind of just realign and refocus my life. Yeah, I notice like uh, like when I'm off track, <laughs> it usually happens because like I'm focusing life on me, and like yeah. in that moment, like I'm not thinking about Jesus. And mm-hmm. when I hear like a song like you know "Come Thou Found" or like you know anything that's like him and all like that it kind of just brings brings me back to the point that like you know god has redeemed me you know Mm. life may look a certain way but like you Mm. know it's okay yeah he's already won it like you know i can live in victory and i can rejoice in right now you know Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's easy too to like feel like all right yeah i want that passion back and like we strive and strive and strive you know like to be more passionate or to like care more but like really i mean what i hear when you say that is like what it comes down to is like spending time with jesus yes know? exactly um, and it's the not basics. like and it's not like a, i want i want this emotional response i just want to be so passionate i want to i want i just want i want to love other people more you know that's those are the kind of things we think but it all starts with you know like you know loving him more and just being in his presence more and and if you do that that's when I mean, the parable or the, you know, this, this comparison has been used a billion times, but it's the truest thing ever that, I mean, you're just a cup and if, if he's not pouring into you, then you can't pour out on, on all these other yeah. people. You can't yeah. be passionate about other people if you're not passionate about him and he's yeah. not really pouring into you. And I like so, how, it, I like how at first you said that it might sound a little bit trivial or whatever. Yeah. Cause it's like. Yeah, well, when it comes down to it, it does sound kind of simple. Like, yeah. you know, the key to Just becoming be more with passionate <laughs> yeah, is to spend time with Jesus. But it's like, yeah, I mean, simple, but also true at the same yeah. time. It's, it's so simple and it's so true, but yet that's probably the thing that I'm lacking the most in my life right now. So, and it's just like something that, so I'm, that we all need to be reminded of and I'm super stoked that i'm here and i'm doing this because now i've just been reminded of it you know yeah. so praise yeah. jesus yeah it's easy to forget those simple things yeah <laughs> it's, it's the simplest things you know i'm racking my brain about about the about the greek and the hebrew and i just don't even remember that that you know i was made to worship you know mm. so absolutely so um what, what do you see as like the biggest uh, misperceptions of who God is, um, yeah. maybe as it relates to your life or yeah. just in general. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I've, I've got to see a lot of, a lot of people walking, walking out their faith in a lot of different ways. Um, and I think, I don't think this has always been the case. And I think this is something that's, that's been like a newer, I don't want to say newer, but it's just, it's just been something that's kind of th- this trend of, of, I mean, I don't know if I want to say like abusing grace, but just kind of um, grace covers a multitude of sin and, and just like a super heavy focus on grace, which is not like, I, I mean, grace is a huge thing and, and, and we need grace, uh, you know, but I just, there's like this over, just just like hyper grace movement kind of thing that's, that's, that goes on um, and we, and we forget and we forget about like the wrath, I think. Um, so I think I think this this misconception, you know, is that, um, that that God, I mean, and He is He is loving, um, and He, but He also 
you know, has consequences. He, he's poured out his wrath on Israel, who is his bride, you know, and uh, we read in the Old Testament how many times, you know, through through those, uh, you know, kings and stuff like that, that, that just um, Israel would just be laid to waste. Oh, yeah. For just turning away and, and, and those were the, those were his chosen. Those, you know, those were, you know, those were his special people, I guess you could say. And, and, but he wasn't hesitant, you know, to just lay waste when, when they were being disobedient and turning their back. And, um, but at the same time, he was also quick to take them back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think, I think we want to skip to, we want to skip the middle part. A lot of times we want to skip the, the part where, where there's judgment and, and, you know, God's, God's just, um, wrath that, that, you know, um, so I just think, I just think there's this, there's this whole, this whole hyper, hyper grace thing of, of, you know, it's, it's fine, you know, if you're, if you're struggling, you know, if, if you're in habitual sin, it's, it's whatever, you know, you can still lead worship, um, on Sunday mornings. It's not a big deal. And, and there's a difference, there's a difference in, in, in sin and like struggling with the same sins over and over and over to where it's habitual and um and I think the key word there is struggle, you know? Yeah. Because like there yeah, there have been things that I've struggled with most of my life, you know. Yeah, but it's like absolutely like when it comes down to it, it is a struggle and it is something that I really have the desire, you know, to, to change. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, when you're set in, um, you know, and you're at a point of like you're, this is just who I am and yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and know? I like, think that's when it can be damaging. I think I think yeah. we've reached that to where to where we'll just allow people to just say that, you know, like we'll just allow our brothers and sisters in Christ to just say, this is just who I am. I've, I've, you know, I've prayed to God and he didn't take it from me. So what, what, what am I to do now? So I just kind of continue in it and just his grace covers it. It's as you know, like God's grace doesn't like demand a response out of this. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. I've heard it. I heard it said, you know, that, that God, God doesn't, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't want to wallow, wallow in that that dirt and filth with you. He wants to bring you out of it. And, and people just, they want to, they want to just pray a prayer, you know, whatever, whatever they're struggling is, you know, God, God help me overcome whatever. And they pray that prayer and nothing happens. So they just think like, well, I guess his grace is just going to cover it then. And it's just, it's, they just, they, they don't, they don't make any changes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't, they don't think that he expects anything more of them than to just pray. And then when nothing happens from the prayers and they just accept his, they just, you know, just assume that his grace covers and, and it, and I'm not saying it doesn't because it, it does, but, um, God wants more for you, whether it meant, you know, getting counsel or just getting accountability or, or whatever. Again, I just think they could have had a way more fruitful existence if they would have you know decided to take a little more steps yeah so yeah. i guess in large part the way i see it is like i mean i'm not a parent you know i don't know what it what it is quite like to be a parent but yeah. um yeah i think about like um you know god described as a father and the fact that um a lot of what god you know like says to us it isn't to keep us from the good life you know it's just that he can see the whole picture um, he can see where things head. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's so much freedom in like doing things his way, mm. you know, and it's, uh, often not so much 
like God is punishing you for your sin yeah. as like, yeah. yeah, this is, this is just the way things work. You know, yeah. this is a consequence of doing a B or C, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, oftentimes it's not so much like a straight result of, you know, like God's wrath yeah. as much as it just is re- just like that's, reaping and sowing. Yeah. That's yeah. like, that's the con- natural consequence of the thing that you chose to yeah. go your own way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, his grace covers that, but just like you said, like not living as fruitful of a life, um, just that is basically God's inviting us into his story, you know? Yeah. Um, and when we choose to do our own thing, it's basically in a way saying like, no, like I'm writing the story, you know, and we're missing out, you know, like we're really jipping ourselves, um, of what, what life could be. And that's not something to beat ourselves up over, but it is something, um, the way I look at it is just, yeah, take it very seriously, Mm -hmm. you know, and when you do fall, realize, you know, that, yeah, I can come to Jesus and he's, he's going to love me through that and in that. Um, and he's not looking down on us like, dude, you screwed up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's more so, I, I, I mean, I believe that he hurts for us, you know, Mm. when it's like, dude, like I had something so much better for you. Yeah. You know, you settled Yeah, and like, I still love you. you I still love you and and you're still going to be here with me, but yeah. And it's not over, you know, cause like you, you still woke up today. I still have, you know, more for you, but like, I don't know, almost like inviting someone to a party where there's, I don't know, dancing and good old times, but you're just wanting to attend and kind of, kind of just sit on the outskirts. Yeah, you could be experiencing the fullness of the thing instead of just pieces of it. Pieces of it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and too, like, I don't want to, I don't want to say like, like earlier when I was talking about, you know, the wrath of God, you know. You know, like my like I think the misconception is that God is just all grace and no wrath. There is there is wrath there, but I think I think um, like I just don't I don't want people to think that that you know I'm saying you know if you do something bad, God's gonna pour out His wrath on you because, <laughs> because He is just and He is you know God is the same you know today and forevermore. So the Old Testament God is still here. You know, yeah, it's not that's not what I'm saying, but. Um, I think I think just people have that misconception of of God is is all grace and they and they do forget about reaping and sowing and if they're sowing to the flesh they'll reap from the flesh and if they're sowing to the spirit they'll they'll reap from the spirit and and they just they just accept they just they just expect God to to just the parts that they're sowing to the flesh they just think well God's just going to cover it in grace and, and nothing's bad going to come of it because His grace is going to cover me and I'll just keep sowing to the flesh yeah. you know past so. is death mm. yeah man. I feel like, uh, yeah, like a lot of people do believe that, you know, in the hyper grace that, you know, God's sin is going to just cover everything. But what I've kind of grown to learn, too, is the fact that, you know, God's grace is is not going to produce perfection, but it does produce a trajectory. Mm. And I feel like um, for us in our journey to become more and more like Christ, like the grace of God is our encouragement to keep walking. Amen. Like, you know, the fact that Jesus does see us as a finished and a complete work. You know, and in us seeing ourselves the way that Christ sees us, which is like the hardest thing to do as a Christian, even for mm-hmm. me, you know, to believe that God loves me exactly where I am. And like, you know, he's loving me into more of himself. You know, yeah. there are mm-hmm. going to be pitfalls. There are going to be times where I'm going to fall on my face. There are going to be times where I'm going to stumble. But as long as I'm keep running towards Jesus, man, like in pursuing the, you know, the mind, the heart, 
and the desires of Christ, man, like, I'm, those things are just going to fall away and they're going to be behind me. You know, just focus on, you know, what's ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I, hey, what did you say? Like, uh, focusing on how Christ sees us. Yeah. Or, yeah. That's something that's really been kind of, I don't know, my, I guess, theme of my life for like the last few years. Mm. Um, like, I don't know about you, Zach, but I spend 24 hours a day with myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I know like what goes on in my brain. I know mm-hmm. like, you know, all of the bad intentions that I have, mm-hmm. all the selfishness I have, all the pride mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. So like, yeah, living with yourself, like if you're looking at yourself, I don't know, it's very easy just to feel like a piece of crap, you know, or just to feel like, yeah, man, like I'm straight up not good enough. Which is true, you know. Um, you know, yeah, it is, yeah. I yeah. mean, like, no matter how how quote unquote good we get or whatever, you know, we're still flawed to the uh-huh. max. But, um, but yeah, like in no way do I believe that God just sees me as a piece of crap. You know, yeah. I mean, like, if I believe that there is a God out there that created me, I mean, I don't believe that he, that he, you know, like now is like, man. I wish I wouldn't have made that Josh guy, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just dang true that we just don't see ourselves the, the way that we should see ourselves, you know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's like a huge thing. Like yeah. me finding myself means nothing if I'm not like finding God and mm. finding who he says I am in the first place. Yeah. Are you cool with sharing just kind of your story about how yeah, guess, your faith yeah. became your own and yeah sure i um i mean do we have a couple hours or <laughs> yeah. i mean yo it's recording as long as we can keep it going uh yeah i mean um well um yeah so i, I mean i was raised in a um a christian christian family like my mom my grandpa was in a sense a god pastor um, and my mom, you know, was obviously then raised, you know, assemblies of God. Um, and she met my dad when they were in high school and he is, um, he was a, he was, was a Catholic, Catholic family. Um, his faith wasn't quite, you know, um, I guess you could say as, as, uh, meaningful, I guess, for him as it was, you know, for my mom's side of the family. So I've, um, you know, I've grown up, my mom's always been super, um, you know, taking us to, to all, you know, anything, anything church related, you know, always, always wanting us to be there. And, um, and it's not, and, and when I was, when I was younger, I guess you could say, um, that, I don't know, I was, I was, I was, um, super passionate just about wanting to know, like, like it was, it was weird because I was in elementary school, and I was wanting to know, like, um, like I was wanting to go to like the apologetics conferences with my pastor and and like learn, uh, you know, like all the, all the science behind like how science jives with Christianity, and I was really into that kind of stuff. Even as like an, even as like a, you know, not like early elementary student, but like a, you know, sixth grader, fifth and sixth grader. Like I was, I was interested in that kind of stuff. Like, how does science that I don't even understand yet, but how does it work with the Bible? And I, you know, I was super, super into that kind of stuff. And, um, but yeah, um, my dad, like, like I said though, my dad has never been like super, um, one to 
we'll really talk about anything, but especially about about like faith or, or anything like that. And just growing up, I just didn't feel like I really had anybody to talk to about my faith. Um, you know, I could always talk to my mom about it, but I wanted to talk to my dad. You know what I mean? Um, and there's just there's just this thing where I just felt like I could never really talk to him about it because I almost felt like it wasn't really like a thing. Like he didn't. Like I, I know he did care about it, but it just almost seemed like he didn't, you know what I mean? Because it was just kind of like he just came with us, you know, he came because because he knew my mom would be mad if he didn't. Um, so there, there's that, and and it was it was just like a rough time, and um, you know, me and my dad are are, are reconciled, I, I guess you could say now, and and in that aspect of of I just understand, I just. I understand and I just forgive him because I know it's not his fault that he's that way because his dad, his dad actually uh, committed suicide when he was two. Um, so my dad has never had, you know, a male figure. I mean, he had a stepdad, but his, his stepdad definitely wasn't like a, like, oh my gosh, look up to this guy and be, you know, so, so I, I've just had to, you know, have grace and just, just learn to accept that that's just not who my dad is. And, and I just have to just look to God to, to fill those, those things that he lacks, um, which was, was really hard to do. And it took me a long time and it took a lot of hurt, um, and a lot of strife in my life to, to just accept that my dad may never be like, he may, he may never, ever sit down with me and just say, Hey, so, how are you doing spiritually? Like I just, I'm just gonna have to accept the fact that my dad may never ask me that question ever, um, and I may never get to just have those conversations with him. And it's partly my fault that I, I just, I don't have those conversations with him either. I don't really try to initiate. Um, Josh, I was talking to you about this the other night. I just like, he's such a distant dude that now I have like inherited this weird trait. And whenever I tell people about it, they all agree that it's super weird that I can sit down here and I can talk to you guys and I can be super open and share super deep things with you guys because I don't know you like super well. And, and, um, and, but if, if we've been friends for a long time and like grew up together, there's no way I could talk to you like this. And I think, I, you know, I don't know for a fact, but I think it's just been, I think that's just a thing of, of just growing up with my dad and, and. And just wanting to have like this close, this these deep conversations with somebody so close to me, but I've never been able to do it, so I don't know how to do it, and I'm scared to do it. Um, so that's that. I mean that that makes up honestly like a huge, huge portion of like my faith and, and struggles that I've been through is just not not having like a, a male figure in my life um, growing up and. Um, so there's there's that aspect of of just like me as a person and and who I am and uh, I can I mean I can move into <laughs> now I can move into I guess uh, I mean when I was in junior high uh, and just you know that the awkward stage of just wanting to to be different than everybody else um, I was uh, you know I was I just wanted to be a musician and I'm in this I'm in this little tiny town. Not tiny, I guess. I mean, there's towns way smaller. It's a town of 8,000 people in Ohio. And that's where you grew up? That's actually. where I grew up. Born and raised, St. Mary's, Ohio. You know, um, yeah, farm farm boys and big jacked up trucks and mud <laughs> tires and that that whole thing. You know, football is life. 
Um, so, and, and that just was never really me. You know, I love, don't get me wrong though, I do love football. I, I, I wish I could still play football. My knees were so bad and, and I just couldn't really keep playing. But I love football. That was one thing that I, that I did love, but I just didn't quite really fit in with the rest, with the rest of the people because I was like, like I said, my mom would, was taking me to every Christian concert that I could ever want to go to. And I just like idolized those people, you know, like just the, the Christian, you know, rock bands. And I just wanted to, to be them. So I started to dress like them and wear skinny jeans and, the, the, you know, <laughs> and, and care about how I looked and, and my shoes and my, my clothes. And, and, I, that, and I was like, just made fun of really bad for that. Um, but I wasn't going to let go of it because I also am something else that about me is I am super bullheaded. And, <laughs> and if you tell me I can't or I shouldn't or you laugh at me for something, then I'm just going to continue to do that You're built in, for the in spite of you. Even if I don't, even if I no longer want to, because you told me that I should stop, I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> so, and that's just like something about me, the way I am. I just like, and it's it's something that's super hard to 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 deal with too because it, it I mean I I'm this way with God sometimes too you know if anybody like tries to like uh like pull the reins back on me I just like buck so hard I'm just like <laughs> yeah. no you you're not gonna control what I do I'm gonna do what I want because I just do me real you quick know? um I was just wondering if uh, there are any examples I guess even with your walk with God like where maybe God was pulling the reins and you just kind of had that pushback. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been like, like, I feel like, I feel like I've really honestly like let my hometown down in the, in the fact of, I, I know now that God was calling me to, to be more invested in my own town. And I was so jaded by the people in that town that I just was like, no, I'm not going to minister to these people because I don't like them. And they were mean to me. It's like um, the story of Jonah. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> or for the story sure. of me. Or... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just like I know that he he wanted me to to do more there, and and eventually I I accepted it, you know. And I was like, this is where I'm at, and I just needed to minister to these people. But it took me a while because yeah. I just hated I hated growing up in in small town St. Mary's, Ohio, where I just didn't feel like I fit in. Um, so I was, that, that's, that's one thing that I definitely bucked really hard. I bucked God on just not wanting to be, not wanting to, not wanting to stay where I, where he planted me and where he wanted me to do ministry. Um, so that's definitely, you know, one way that I've, I've bucked him super hard. And I do that stuff with my mom all the time and, and, and my dad too. I just, yeah, if you tell me to if you tell me I need to do this or I need to not do that, then I'm just gonna do the opposite, whether I think I should or not. <laughs> you should probably not buy me sushi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, it doesn't it doesn't quite work that way. But, uh, Thought it was worth a shot. Yeah, yeah. Gotta try. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I mean, there's there's you know, I was super made, you know, I was made fun of a lot, and and I just went through like this this stage of just I started to get really depressed and. Um, I started, um, dating a girl from a, a town, the next, the next town over. And, and, um, she was kind of the same way. We were both like, like the, the scene emo kids, you know, and, um, she, her, her, her faith was, was, um, not, not, I don't know. 
she didn't grow up in a Christian family, so she didn't really have, you know, any examples at all. Um, and, and that relationship just, it was, I forget how long we dated, a while though, years, and, um, decades, decades, <laughs> oh, <wow>. decades, <laughs> but I mean, as, I mean, for high school relationships, it was decades. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> um, and it just like, it ended, it ended terribly, um, uh, you know, I just, just the just horrible, <laughs> horrible ending, and I, I just got even more depressed uh, to the point that I was suicidal. Um, and my my parents ended up putting me in counseling, um, which I didn't want to do at first. I was like so against it. I just I was like, no, I don't want to do it because I was scared that they were just going to put me on meds. And and I have I had friends that were depressed and they had been put on meds and when they were on their meds they were freaking crazy. So I, was like, <laughs> I don't want to be those people. I would rather be like sad and suicidal than like yeah. jumping off the walls because I'm on antidepressants. Um, so I was super scared of that. But I I went and and I owe a lot to my counselor. Um, his name was Aaron, and he he was I don't know man. He did so much for me. I owe so much to that dude. Um, I love him a lot, and um, I hope I hope he knows that. I hope I, I need to. I need, I want to contact him so bad. I've been thinking about that so much over these last few years. Like I just want to talk to him again and just tell him how much he helped me. And because it was kind of one of those things where it was like we just kind of stopped going because I got better, I guess you could say. So I never. I don't know if I really ever got the chance to like truly thank him for for like taking this this like depressed and suicidal kid and like just helping me through all these emotions and and at that time you know that was like he helped me through things with my dad and and this 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 relationship that ended terribly and and he helped me just just understand that um you know yeah it's just not it's not my fault you know that that uh, people made fun of me and and you know that I didn't fit in and Um, so yeah, I mean, I was super, super depressed, super suicidal. And I came out of that, um, thanks to a counselor, a Christian counselor at that, you know, he was, he was a believer in Jesus Christ. And I, and I'm super thankful that my parents took me there because he was like, my first meeting, he was like, you know, meds are, are the, the, the last resort. And instantly it was like, I just like all the like I don't want to be here melted away because I was like okay this dude like wants to help me he doesn't want to just like put me on drugs and be like okay you're fixed because um, I didn't want to be that way anymore either you know what I mean I was so sick of of being depressed I was so sick of of wanting to not be alive I was just so tired of just laying in bed and just crying and and I was dealing with like hurting myself and and I was so sick of that stuff that I just wanted it to end and I just knew that meds were not going to be the answer. Um, so it was, yeah, I mean, I just look back on that time in my life and it's just like such a blur. And it's like, if I could remember things, there's so many like amazing stories and things that I could tell of, of just like things that God helped me with and brought me through in that time. But it's like such a blur of like, just so many things were happening all the time in my life of just like growing and, and constantly um, just taking steps and strives to, to just spend more time with him and, and just just having him pour into me and, and um, so I came out of the depression and then that's when my my sister showed me some Bradley Hathaway and 
I just started writing poetry and, and um, started sharing that and um, yeah I mean and it's all it's it's all pretty much I mean I've done some traveling I lived in Kansas City for nine months and I got to work in a church there that my uncle's the pastor of um, so I've I've got to do a lot of things since since graduation, just travel the country and, and open for, I got to do poetry and open for a band that like I've listened to since I was in junior high. And, and so it's just been, it's been an amazing experience and an amazing ride and full of ups and downs and <clears throat> just, but I, yeah, I mean, I look back on it all and it's like, I, I don't want to change anything because if I did, then I just wouldn't be who I am now. And I just... I, I enjoy who I am, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, nice. even all even all the crazy, crappy, terrible stuff, you know, it's just my, my testimony. And I was able to, through that, I was able to, you know, talk to so many kids on the road, you know, that have similar experiences, you know, whether it's a, a tough relationship with a father or a, a bad relationship. And I've just, God's given me a lot of, a lot of experiences. Um, and I'm super thankful for them all, even though a lot of them sucked really yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, I know that life. Sure so, I know a lot of friends who, you know, struggle with depression yeah. severely. You know, mm-hmm. had suicide attempts, um, mm-hmm. in and out of psych wards, even. You yeah. Know, um, that, you know, like they ended up accepting Christ. Yeah. And he completely did a change in their heart, and uh, things were entirely different. Um, I've had some friends with that story, and I've had a, other friends who had that story and then after time um you know like life hit them you know harder than before and they Mm. fell like right right back into it like yeah but even deeper you know yeah and there was kind of like the kind of like the the temptation to like uh feel like that invalidated like what god did in them Mm. or just feel like i shouldn't be dealing with this you know yeah experience god or whatever you know like when you were dealing with all of that, like, yeah, I, I take it that you were following Jesus at that time. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, was there any point in time, like, during that, that you just kind of felt like, why am I, why am I dealing with this? I shouldn't be dealing with this yeah. because I know God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, here's here's how I always looked at it. I mean, I just knew that that God had had a purpose on my life, and I just knew that He had a plan for me. Um, just like, I mean, he does for everybody, but I just held fast to that, that I know God has a plan for me. And I just know that Satan is going to do everything in his power to make sure that I don't fulfill that plan. Um, even if it means, you know, making me feel like I need to kill myself. And, and, um, and I just really attributed it to that, you know, and I just like, I just, I made it like, I made it a, a physical battle. Like I took this spiritual thing and I like physically, like I, as much as I could, I made it into like this, this war, you know, and I think that helped me a lot. It helped me to like see things with, with spiritual eyes to just like, I'm going through crappy stuff, but it's not, it's not God doing it to me. It's, it's exactly the opposite. God has such a plan for me that Satan doesn't want me to fulfill that. Mm. And I'm just going to fight that tooth and nail, um, whatever that means. And, and I had... And at the at the time, like right right as I was uh, you know going through, like I was in the deepest part of my depression. Like I discovered bands like like Four Today and, and Sleeping Giant and, and the Great Commission and these like these like worship metal bands. And I would literally like like here's here's like this moment. I had this moment in my room. Um, I don't even I 
I'm not sure if I've answered your question yet or not, but <laughs> I don't know no, where I'm fine. going now. But I had this, I just remembered this moment that, that was like super defining in my like overcoming depression. Um, I was reading, I forget where it's at, but there was somebody, there's, there's a character in the Bible that he, he, he like, actually there's multiple times in the Bible where people would like rip, rip their clothing, you know, before God, just like rip it off. And I, and I was like, that's like, like them taking off this old, like physically, instead of just saying, you know, I lay down the old part of me, you know, rip it away from me. Like, that's like a physical thing that you can then do. Like if you, you rip, rip something off of you and leave it, then it just like makes it so much. That, and that's how I learn a lot, just by actually doing things and making it a physical thing. So I was in my room and I, I had this blank, this plain white t-shirt and I just started light, writing down all these lies about myself, you know. Uh, you're 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 depressed. You're you're suicidal. Um, you're you're dumb. You know people don't like you. People make fun of. Or I mean uh, that's not a lie. People did make fun of me. But you're you know you just you know all these all these things that that just that I thought you know when I was depressed you know and nobody likes you and, and God has no plan for you. I just wrote all these things down in this white this plain white shirt, um, and I was just like jamming sleeping giant. Um, like hardcore man <laughs> just I can't remember the name of the track now but they've got this like this super long like worship track that gets pretty heavy towards the end um, and I just like was on my knees just like crying to God just like take these things from me like I don't want to believe these things about myself and I physically like ripped this shirt and threw it in the trash and that was like such this defining moment of like I walked out of my room and I just like there was like this weight that was completely like lifted off of my shoulders and not to say that I didn't relapse because I did. Um, but, I, but then I could just remember that and just be like, no, I, I put these things to rest. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, those things are not true about me and, uh, I don't even know how, I can't remember how I got on this, but I just remembered that, that moment of, of making it again, just making it a physical thing and, and just thinking about it in those terms. Amen, so, yeah, <laughs> and that's really cool because, like, I I guess I'd have experienced a lot of like tangible, you know, representations of things that were good thoughts and things. But like for for me, when I really thought about it, it was like that was more based in like mo emotional response mm -hmm. and it was mm -hmm. like a corporate like, hey, we're all doing this thing, you know? Yeah, where like yeah. that can be good for some people. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. I don't want to completely bash that. Absolutely, um, but that's really cool. Just that it was like something that hit you that like, yeah, this is what I need to individually yeah. do. You know, I, I was at, I was at a youth meeting and, and, and they were just, they were, I can't even remember the passage of scripture, but, but they were, but the, the, the teacher was just was just talking about how this man went before the Lord and he ripped his clothes off of him. Um, so is that what you're going to do at your, at your, yeah, set? the yeah. set tonight, man, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to come out and I'm just going to like tear my shirt off my back and, and light it on fire. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna warn yes. people. <laughs> Since you're performing in my house, I don't know about the fire thing or the shirt thing, but you know. I mean, I guess this is a safe place. Yeah, man. I mean, this is expressive art. Like, I have the expectation that you're not gonna do that yeah. at my house, but no, you know, I don't think so. It's what can you do? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. But but yeah, that was like a cool thing for me that that just like clicked, and I was like, I'm gonna do that. Like, I need to do that. Yeah. And it, and it seriously did like help me a lot to just put those lies to rest. Mm -hmm. So that was a really cool thing. That's really cool. Yeah. Like, why do you follow Jesus? 
I don't know, because, I mean, he's just, he's made himself real to me in moments like that, you know? Um, and I've, and, you know, I'll be honest, even since that moment, like, I've tried to deny and say that, no, that was, that wasn't real. I wasn't feeling those things. And, mm-hmm. and it was all in my head and it's all just emotion and chemicals. And I mean, I've, I have tried multiple times, multiple periods of my life. I have tried to tell myself that I can be an atheist and that's possible for me. And every time I'm like, I can't, I just can't do it. I mean, and then I just start remembering all these times that he was just so real and so tangible. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, I just can't, I just can't do anything else, I guess. So I, I don't know if that's, if that's a, an answer to <laughs> the question now. But. <laughs> no, I get that. I mean, like times that I was just in deep, dark places, you know, that it wasn't, it wasn't wishful thinking, you know, it wasn't yeah. convincing myself that things would be okay. There's a line from a poem that I wrote saying, uh, you speak the language of my heart known to no man. And that was like a thing that just like, mm. yeah, totally get that. Yeah. Just like the things that no one could ever tell you, you know, like things that you could, couldn't just explain away or, or ignore, you know? Yeah. Um, and you could try to ignore it, but I feel like t- for me, it'd be very dishonest with myself. Yeah. There are just things that I've experienced that I can't explain away. Yeah. I mean, I try, I could try to push back on it, but like it would be lying to myself. Yeah. Know? For sure. I mean, like, too, like, you know, it's different having someone explain, like, something to you. It's different when God reveals it. Mm. You know, yeah. that way, I feel like it has way more power because at that moment, you can own that. And, mm. like, I feel like your explanation was the greatest explanation you could have given because, I mean, that's something no one can take away from you. Mm. Amen. You Amen. know? Like, you can have a person who's been through what you've been through. When they see it through you, like, you know, God was able to deliver, you can say, yeah, it's totally possible because he did. Mm. You know, and I may not be able to have the most eloquent way to explain how it happened, but God showed up Mm. when I needed him. Yeah. Mm. Sure. I love hearing anybody's story, but, like, for some reason, stories of, like, I struggled through things, you know, like, after becoming a Christian, you know? Yeah. And... You know, like things were crazy tough, you know, Yeah. but still, you know, God showed up or mm-hmm. God just walked through that with me, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, even if it wasn't in any kind of like extravagant emotional way, yeah. you know, yeah. that's just, that's huge, you know, and mm-hmm. people need to hear that, you know, there was one other thing that I wanted to yeah. ask. Um, yeah. Uh, you talked about going to counseling and that being yeah. really helpful. Yeah. There's uh there's a mindset like with a lot of people just that like mm. Jesus should be enough, yes, you know. I or knew that's whatnot. what you were gonna say. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so that irks me so bad. You just hit a you just hit a chord. So let's settle in. <laughs> let's talk about it. Oh man, I've like that just makes me so angry that, that people 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 will deny other people counseling because they just they just want they just, I don't even know. It just makes me so angry. It's hard to even talk about it sometimes. Because I've known friends, like personally, I have known friends that have struggled with depression. And when I say, are you, do you, do you want to seek counseling? And they'll say, yes, I've already asked. And my parents said no. Because, for, like for that reason? Well, for, either for that reason. Yeah, I mean, just... Yeah, I've I've experienced that. Not so much a friend. I've I've experienced that on the road though, like talking to kids about depression, and it's just like, 
like their parents, I think that's what their parents will say to them. Like, you know, Jesus is going to take care of you. But I almost think it's more of like this. We don't want to be seen walking in and out of the counseling, you know, because yeah. then people know that somebody is going through something. Yeah. God forbid someone knows that you're yeah, human. God, that you're human. Yeah, yes, you know? yes. And that just makes me so angry. And uh, I, I had a piece about that. I had, a, I had a, an iPod and I had so many pieces and I had a piece about that specifically. And it was, it was probably maybe good that I lost it because it was a pretty angry piece about just like just people – just parents denying counseling to their kids because they're too ashamed to to either take the kid or just because usually like not always but usually when a kid is depressed there's something dysfunctional in the family and the parents don't want to address that um, so they just deny deny this kid you know something that he needs um, but I ended up losing that iPod along with that piece and I was like upset when that happened but um yeah that's something that. It just irks me so bad when, when they just, when they just, they were, they, sometimes, sometimes like, like we were talking before, uh, you know, God expects things from you. And if you're struggling with something, sometimes he's going to expect you to take the steps to just go and take care of yourself. Whether mm-hmm. that means going to counseling, you know, sometimes he's just going to say, yeah, you should probably do that because, you know, you're messed up right now mm-hmm. um, and you need somebody else to help you. Um, and, and counseling was the answer for me because I didn't, I wasn't really at a church that had like a a solid like youth group or like didn't really have anybody that could, that we felt comfortable with like counseling me because I was so like far like down and and deep into depression and, and just suicide. Um, that, you know, we just felt the only, the only option was someone who's trained to do this. Yeah. So Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of people like that and, and some of these some of these kids and some of these people will never will never get what they need because they're being denied it. Yeah. So that's the thing, like uh I mean, it might be a slight blast to to someone's ego to like have to admit like, oh, I need help, yeah. you know, and I need yeah. to go see a counselor, but like yeah, if you're someone that feels that way, like, gosh. Like the little blast to your ego is it's it's worth that to mm. get help that you need instead yeah. of you know existing in whatever place you're in yeah whatever that looks like um, yeah if you're just going through something and don't know where to turn or if it's depression or whatever you know like i don't know i feel like there are people that care that can help out um yeah and that's that's nothing that invalidates you know god working through the situation mm-hmm. but like yeah part of i think what god provides is other people to walk through you with things. Amen. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and, and I didn't, you know, it was, it was like, if I, if I would have maybe just accepted a blow to my ego a little sooner, maybe I never would have got that dark. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I, if I would have just accepted help earlier, um, cause my mom, my mom was always trying to talk to me about, you know, what was going on. Cause obviously moms know, when things yeah. are up, you got superpowers. And, yeah, and <laughs> superpowers. But uh, I mean, I mean, she was always wanting to know what was going on, and, and she knew that that I was just in a bad place, and she wanted to talk to me, and I never wanted to really do it, and I didn't really talk to her or anybody else enough because I didn't want that that ego blow. Um, so I just held on to that that pride until I had until the choice was either give up your pride or, or die, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hold on to it until you're so far gone that, you know, 
you just see no other choice. Um, so yeah, I mean, the blow. The if I I wish I would have taken the blow to the ego a little sooner. Yeah. But but then I wouldn't have this story, and I wouldn't have got to share with so many kids. So that's um, awesome. Oh, dude, Zach, thanks so so much for coming up. Dude, thank you. And uh, for sharing with us, appreciate yeah. it. Dude, thank you so much for for having me come up and and doing everything that you've done for me. I mean, housing me and giving me a house show and shooting some video and podcast. Man, this is awesome. So, and letting him set his shirt on fire in the living room. Yeah, yeah. thanks for letting me set my shirt on fire in, <laughs> in the living room. So, and just kidding. I mean, I guess the house show hasn't happened yet, so I probably shouldn't thank you for coming if you destroy things, and you probably shouldn't thank I'm gonna, me. I'm going if... to go full-on chariot and hang from that ceiling fan. Right now. That's, I mean, that's nearly been done Tried before. Uh, not a good idea. It's not strong. Uh, How can people hear more about what you do? Okay, so if you want to just add me as a friend on Facebook, yeah, you just search Zach Moss, so Z-A-C-H. M A A S. Um, if you want to find my poetry page, you got to put my middle name in there. Mm. Uh, it's Zachary Z A C H A R Y Joseph Moss M A A S. So, yeah, I mean that's those are good ways to keep up with me. And through through Facebook, I'm sure you'll be able to find my Instagram and my Twitter and all that good stuff. So, all kinds. Hopefully, Red. I have I have a CD, and I have the means to put it on itunes and spotify i just like have been super lazy about it and i haven't done it yet so hopefully hopefully sometime you know i'll get that up i'm planning on doing it you know because i'm you know we're gonna have these these videos that we film come out and so i kind of want to promote it promote it pretty good and get my stuff on itunes so i guess uh if you're following me be, be on the lookout for that so. yeah and if, if you're listening right now uh check zach out and uh, definitely bug him to get his stuff posted. Yeah. Uh, do it. Blow his page up. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, check out what he has going on and shoot him a message if, uh, I mean, hopefully this is okay to toss out there. If you want to talk to him about anything that he talked about, if it relates yeah. to your story. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure he'd love to chat it up. Um, yeah. So, thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Zach, for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, until next time. Yeah.